0: I'm Kyle McNulty, and you're listening to Secure Ventures, the show that follows cutting edge founders in the cybersecurity space to understand their plights, glories, and revolutionary products. With me in this episode is Greg Baker. Greg is CEO and co-founder at Balance Theory, which is a novel approach for building security knowledge repositories and networks. He previously co-founded Decision Lab in 2015, which was later acquired by Optiv. He started Balance Theory in early 2022, after recognizing well-facilitated knowledge sharing is a strong indicator of a high-performing security organization. Their team has grand plans for transforming the way security organizations interact, both within and across companies. And as a testament to this vision, they won the Data Tribe Cybersecurity Startup Challenge in November and raised $3 million in seed funding. Greg, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, thanks for having me.
0: Let's start by talking about Decision Lab, which was your last venture before Balance Theory. And you started it in 2015, if I'm getting that right, worked on it for several years and then exited to Optive. So clearly a positive experience, all in all, getting an exit, no small feat. What is it, as you think about that Decision Lab experience, that kind of left you wanting more and and wanting to dive into Balance Theory? And how did those two segue together?
1: Yeah, yeah great question and in order to, to kind of understand decision lab I guess it's it's good to kind of understand where we started our career um, which was you know where most of the team here is local to Maryland and uh, we all met actually supporting uh, the Department of Defense and intelligence community both on the offensive and defensive side of that mission um, which was a great experience and you know being having that opportunity to be able to be in the government and work with, some of the best and brightest uh, and kind of cutting-edge technology where you're both kind of taking the latest that exists out in the commercial markets, but then finding gaps that don't exist and kind of inventing those things was uh, was really there's there's not many places uh, in the world where you have that type of opportunity. And I was fortunate early in my career to to be exposed to that and be able to really be involved in the mission and um, help design and build some of those mission systems. So. We were really early in, in kind of um, being able to, to take kind of the best of on prem cloud computing and then being able to merge that with uh, the, the kind of shift to big data and analytics from, you know, initially kind of large processing, large batch processing to the Hadoop e- ecosystem, then to streaming architectures, uh, and being able to use that to synthesize quite a bit of cybersecurity data. And being able to look at it more holistically, and then you know also being able to play with technology down at the edge and moving models down to the edge, and um, being able to process those things at different global field sites, um, and and kind of doing that in an automated way. So. Uh, through that experience, had the opportunity to, to meet some awesome people that we get to build. We got to build some of these kind of really focused mission systems, these really focused products on being able to, to solve some of those problems. How do we stop bad guys from from getting in? And then ultimately, how do we understand more about bad guys themselves? Um, so through that, I got to the opportunity to meet you know a lot of uh, well, my my co-founders of Decision Lab and Nate, one of those co-founders, and is doing balance theory with me on this next go around. But also had a built-in pipeline of just some of the best and brightest people that, when you're operating in a uh, in a place with no windows and uh, you know sealed doors for a long time, kind of wanted to peek their head out and see how commercial markets were solving some of these problems. And you know when you're when you're in one place, you kind of you kind of have this mystery around. Well, you know Silicon Valley and and some of the folks that are solving some of these tech problems in the commercial markets must be doing things. You know, light years ahead of what we're doing, trying to invent the, the way that we're doing this for the first time. And we had the opportunity to really explore that and find that a lot of the things that we were doing were, were actually a bit ahead of where the commercial markets were. So the thesis behind Decision Lab was, how do we take what we've done with really digital transformation technology, and I know that's a broad term, but really just emerging technology in the areas of of cloud, in in the areas of big data and streaming analytics, in automation and IoT and, you know, be able to apply those technologies to the cybersecurity mission. So both one, how do you secure those technologies? And then also how do you use them for the advantage? And uh, we started Decision Lab really focused on that goal. And what we found was quickly that um, we were able to differentiate ourselves with having some of the best in the world that worked for the company um, as a single unit, uh, being able to, to go out and meet with some of these Fortune 500 and beyond type of clients and help them navigate those problems at, at a kind of predictable pace. So we found that we were you know, normally, since we were a, a smaller business, priced more um, attractive than some of the big four, big ten consulting organizations in competition, we also leaned pretty heavy into the tech um, and being able to blend that with strategy. It, it really gave us an advantage, and we were able to do some great things. Um, so through that process, though, like the any any services and kind of managed services company and we did have our own ip that we used to do that deliver that consulting work a a lot better but we never really productized it Um, what you find is that uh, you you quickly get exposed to different um, partners and channels right so we're this, this small business that uh, didn't have paperwork or a lot of the infrastructure that uh, a lot of these big businesses uh, like United Health Group and Warner Brothers and others kind of expected you to have in place from a procurement standpoint so we did our first big project with United Health Group um, building out their their big security data lake project and helping them migrate into that type of infrastructure and um, they said hey well we, we want to do this with you guys we want to move fast uh, is there can you can you partner with optive and and you know they already are established they're a huge uh, partner of ours and we do a lot of work with them and 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 kind of go together on this model and so re- literally on our first project we were introduced to optive and uh, you know we brought them a, a pretty large services deal and they said they perked up and said well who are you guys and, and how can we learn more about you and um, do more things together and you know, taking the channel strategy out of the gate actually helped us quite a bit. We didn't have to invest in a ton of, you know, sales organization and um, overhead costs related to to going out and putting our brand and name out in the market. We were able to build an early relationship with Optiv and a, and a couple of others that um, really aggressively put us in front of a lot of clients to solve some of these problems that everybody was trying to solve. So. Uh, very early on, we got introduced to the Optive leadership team, executive leadership team. And at that time, it was, you know, folks like Dan Burns and Todd Weber and Jason Clark and, you know, quite a few others um, that were part of that, Sean Catlett uh, and, and others, and, and kind of turned them on to the, the work that we were doing. And, you know, I think very early on, they said, hey, let's let's get more serious about not just being partners, but maybe finding a way to work. More intimately together under the same banner. And, you know, um, we kind of dated for a couple of years in that regard because we really wanted to, you know, we started a business to go, you know, be our own bosses and um, build it out the way that we wanted to. But the more that we worked with them, the more we found that, you know, our kind of ambitions were aligned and what we were doing um, could be really accelerated by joining the company. So ultimately, at the end of 2017, we ended up doing that. So we uh, exited to Optiv and, then became our own division inside of OpTiv called uh, Cyber Digital Transformation, which was a much better marketing term than, than what we were kind of advertising ourselves as, as Decision Lab and really aligned very well, but it was a fantastic experience um, being able to take that organization and scale it and continue to develop the, the, the capabilities and work with just some of the best and brightest minds in the cybersecurity market under the banner of OpTiv. Um, and even to today, I tell people I could have definitely stayed at Optiv for the the course of my career and just have been super happy because it was the opportunity to work with, you know, over 2,500 different technology, uh, cybersecurity technologies and vendors and working to navigate some complex problems with clients and being able to build out and innovate those capabilities like they're continuing to to do today. But um, for me and, and, Nate and, and Lisa and, and some of the others that are a part of Balance Theory today, I think what we kind of missed was the roots of back in, in the fort and those four walls where there, there's a difference in kind of building a, a large-scale consulting organization and a difference in in building kind of a singular purpose platform, right? A singular purpose product. So really getting everybody aligned under, you know, one baseline, one roadmap, one kind of um product that would really solve specific problems for folks, Uh, and then really having, you know, not just a ton of smart people that are out working with a bunch of different clients uh, on different problems and kind of bespoke manners, but everybody kind of really focused on making this one thing really good. Uh, And that's, that's what we knew we wanted to do next. That's, we wanted to to kind of take a stab at at building a product company, which um, is where we are today.
0: You did an incredible job of tying that all back together to the original question with with all the, the necessary detail in there as well. So thank you for that. Let's talk more about the, the product piece. You mentioned you'd done a consulting company, clearly very successful. Uh, the partnership with Optive, a well-aligned partnership, you are happy with your space, but it was time to try this new challenge of building a product. Now, there's obviously a lot of different types of products you could have gone after. Uh, I'd say in security today, there's a lot of similar types of products that are being built. um, And you decided to take the more challenging route, let's say, which is a new approach to security collaboration. And how security organizations are uh, working within itself, but then also across organizations, how information is, is being shared. So tell me a little bit more about just where this idea for balance theory came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you look to go build a product, we, we kind of treated the last decade and a half or two decades of our careers as a, as a giant research project. Right. And. Having the exposure of both how federal government was solving problems, and then how commercial markets were solving problems, and then also the exposure to um, ultimately how uh, you know some of the highest performing cybersecurity organizations were doing cyber, down to ones that were brand new organizations, either part of you know fast growing tech startups that are just kind of scrambling to be as fast as they can with the cybersecurity mission, or those that are. That you know are just maybe slower moving in cybersecurity, and then you know, as you know with cybersecurity, it's really starting to impact every industry and every vertical, uh, really in every geographic in the in the world, right? If you're not thinking about cyber, then um, you're probably a bit behind and you have some work to do. But you know, we we had a couple of key principles in in wanting to solve the problem or help contribute to solving the problem in in a very certain way. So we knew the product itself just from a, a pure product development. Perspective or lens, we wanted something that wasn't necessarily uh, afraid of change. Meaning that we weren't going to to build some product that could be, um, you know, wildly disrupted just because of a fundamental shift in how cloud security's been been delivered um, or how endpoint detection has been delivered. What we instead wanted was something that would thrive on change. So how can we help make change easier? How can we uh, help clients embrace change, which kind of ties back into our digital transformation roots a bit, but how can we help folks navigate more successfully there? Um, so, you know, we probably went through 20 to 30 different iterations of, of what something like that would look like. Um, we weighed all the kind of the options, right? So we said, you know, what differentiates cybersecurity organizations that we feel like are really doing cybersecurity well at scale from the ones that seem to consistently struggle? And then what are the, what are the characteristics of those organizations? And then what are the external kind of market factors that are influencing their ability to be successful? And then, you know, maybe putting others in, in kind of a, in, in a bit of a struggle. And, what we found is that when you looked at everything, so you looked at the technology stacks that they're leveraging, at how they build processes and procedures, how um, they train and hire and equip their personnel, to, to how they fundamentally align cybersecurity at, at the board down to the tech level, uh, the technical levels and breaking down silos, it really came back down to two key characteristics that um, we, we found kind of common across the, the clients that, that we wanted to, to really service. Um or or that we wanted to to mirror our service after Uh, and that that was first the ability to to operationalize knowledge at scale and then second the ability to collaborate effectively. Um, So what do those two terms mean? Uh, Operationalizing knowledge is really focused around um, the ability for the organization to encourage their employees and their cybersecurity subject matter experts as well as their leadership to kind of operate at the porous edges of the of the organization and look for ideas and stay in tune with um, the way that new frameworks are developing and new new things that they needed to be aware of and being able to take knowledge you know when i say knowledge i mean a- approaches um, implementation strategies architectures way to improve process ways to effectively communicate all of those different knowledge assets and then bring them back into the organization and move quickly on them. So drive a level of agility into understanding, You know, we can use zero trust as an example, understanding that there is this thing called zero trust. There is this framework here, are the, the ways that it moves and how it would fit within our organization and then work to operationalize that quickly. So get people embedded in, in, under, in understanding, know meaning and know the direction and get everybody kind of moving in that direction collectively together. So those top organizations do that very well. Um, And when I talk about collaborating effectively, I think a lot of focus today and what you see in the media and and thought leadership is around kind of internal collaboration. So how do you, um, break down silos between the cybersecurity team and the IT team and the application teams and get them all aligned on the kind of singular technology and cybersecurity roadmap. And then how do you take that more uh, vertical across the organization and align business objectives at the board and how those relate to your cybersecurity strategy and then um, ultimately aligning those things and being able to leverage cybersecurity, not just as a differentiator, but as a level of trust in securing your organization as well as your clients. Um, so, you know, that, that was one aspect of collaboration. And then there's kind of some additional tiers that don't get talked about a, a lot that we noticed were, 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 definitely prevalent in these high-performing organizations, um, So that next tier is the ability to collaborate with third parties. So um, as Optiv, we were a third party collaborator to all of our clients uh, and not just ourselves, but the 70 to 140 different cybersecurity technology vendors that most were were buying and consuming their technology to to then implement and use to to better protect their business. Um, And there's a key differentiator that that these organizations had. One was, um, and that key differentiator is really changing the relationship with these types of companies from buyer consumer to more partner, meaning that if I'm going to buy um, Palo Alto Networks uh, technology suite or, or Netscopes or partner deeply with a, a CSP or multiple CSPs, uh, what I'm going to do is, is really bring in those teams to be a part of our organization and understand where our roadmap is going and hold them accountable to, to not just providing the technology, but really kind of guaranteeing the outcome. Um, and how do we partner together with both our team internally and your team to drive that collective outcome? So those top organizations really had that mind shift and also did that very well. They also built micro networks so they built networks between the different communities in their vertical and you know did that in a more meaningful way outside of just maybe meeting once a quarter for dinner um you know like a like something like the ISAC might do right like meet at these annual events or quarterly events and share and exchange ideas and then maybe create like a a joint communication channel um, they would they would do that more intimately, so they would they would share threat intelligence, they would share architectures, they would share hiring decisions, kind of how they're thinking about training junior employees, kind of all this different knowledge, they, they did a really good job at building those micro networks and using each other to accelerate their, their ultimately collective goals and outcomes. Uh, and then lastly, they also participate in the community quite a bit, so they encourage their teams to go to the major conferences, they encourage their teams to, you know, Participate and have subscriptions to different types of knowledge components and then also can contribute thought leadership back to them so um, Those two things operational uh, op- Being able to operationalize knowledge and being able to collaborate effectively uh, we, we took as the theory behind what balance theory should be right. So w- w- Why aren't why isn't everybody why isn't every every client that we talk to in every business able to, to do this effectively at scale? and what we found is that you know, at Optive, we would love helping clients kind of navigate their collaboration strategy. Um, and even before that at Decision Lab and, and other places, um, because there, there isn't really a platform out there today that drives this effective community effect at the micro network level. And then also p- provides a home for the internal collaboration and third party collaboration to hack to, to, to really um, operate effectively. So there's a lot of collaboration apps out there. It's actually the fastest growing SaaS category. Um, um, and the second one behind that is cybersecurity. So just to, to kind of reset on on kind of what was missing from the market and why, you know, what what we saw is the opportunity around operationalizing knowledge and then collaborating effectively. Um, you know, as a consultant organization, we would go in and do these massive projects, and, and what we found is that we were building technology on top of things that weren't really purpose-built for the cybersecurity industry, meaning that uh, we'd have to extend them with a lot of custom extensions. Um, It was very difficult to to integrate cybersecurity technology into those platforms, and they were brittle and expensive and and hard to maintain. Um, So one, a lot of organizations that are, you know, 5, 10, 20, even like 50 cybersecurity uh, folks, um, just certainly, it really puts it out of reach in terms of budget and maintenance required to build these types of systems so um, what we want to do with decision or with uh, balance theory is really focus on providing a collaboration space and a workspace application that is really purpose-built for the cybersecurity mission so one that doesn't replace any of your current technology we knew that people are very uh particular about how they currently work and we want to be additive to that so we're not here to replace Slack or Teams or any of the future of work uh, kind of capabilities out there, the Monday.coms and the Asanas and the, the Confluences and Jiras. We're here to be very complementary to those things, to integrate with them very well, allow the, the broader organization to continue to work and collaborate, um, but then be able to absorb that knowledge and streamline it to really make cybersecurity program management and execution much easier. Uh, But then also provide that that type of experience that, um, you know, for a long time, the developer community, the PM community, the HR community and others have really thrived within by having something that's really tailored to how they do business. So that's the mission that we're on is how do we take that outcome of operationalizing knowledge and effective collaboration and democratize it for, for all cybersecurity teams and we feel like um, those being two of the biggest things associated with ongoing success in protecting folks' institutional knowledge in the face of you know rising attrition rates and being able to onboard more mid level or junior engineers much quicker, or just being able to say this is how others are, are kind of participating in strategy or how we're developing our own strategy, taking some of those conversations that are happening you know at those you know quarterly events or across the dinner table and really providing a formalized platform for that knowledge to be exchanged and then not just exchanged but brought back into your organization and operationalized and part of your program. We see that as the future of cybersecurity and really the big opportunity um, to help everybody do cybersecurity much better.
0: Hmm. Let's unpack the product in a bit more detail because I completely agree with The kind of overall vision in terms of just how collaboration can drive a lot of change within the ecosystem. And I think some of the examples that you provided are spot on in terms of how organizations look for that type of collaboration and, and knowledge sharing today, whether it's the holiday parties. I was just at an ISSA event last night actually, so very very timely as far as those, those big quarterly events, everyone uh, sharing information with one another, the, the conferences where it's as much about uh, hearing from the speakers as it is talking with the peers that are attending the conference and understanding what it is that they might be doing better obviously there's frequency challenges with that like you mentioned and uh, getting to the product itself though it's such a grand vision it could be such a a massive application a massive ecosystem how did you decide what it is that you wanted to focus on in providing that kind of shorter term value to organizations
1: absolutely so You know, uh, a lesson in kind of go-to-market that we've been beta testing as we've worked with a lot of our our different design partners is you're right. We have this grand vision that... Um, takes uh, that adds value both to the solo individual user, to the prosumer, to the just group or team level, or the SMB to the mid-market to, to large enterprise, it becomes, wh- how do we start? How do you get the snowball rolling right. down the hill and how do you bring people to the application itself? So um, what we found is that the highest value that, that a lot of um, enterprises can achieve uh, And we also look at enterprises as kind of the gravitational force that builds community, right? So um, where do people want to be? They want to be where enterprise practitioners are and enterprise leaders collaborating, right? They don't necessarily care too much about, um, well, they, they care, but maybe they, they won't uh, take as seriously. Somebody that likes to just post on Twitter and that's the extent of their cybersecurity knowledge. They want somebody that's verified. They want somebody that's trusted. They want somebody that's actually in there trying to solve problems. Um, so enterprise is really where we decided to, to focus and start. And we also feel like there's the most value that you can solve for even you know, remove the ability to, or remove the, the, um, the desire to, to communicate external to the organization, right? If you just want to fix are to provide value to, to folks, um, giving them the opportunity to operationalize knowledge at just those first two tiers, right, of collaboration. So that tier of internal collaboration and that tier of you know, collaborating vendor or better with your cybersecurity vendors and your cybersecurity partners that are delivering that excellence or delivering that outcome for your organization, that today is very disjointed, very siloed, uh, and again, very brittle, hard to manage and expensive. So. Really, where we focus the initial side of the product and where we're, we're investing a lot of time right now is is in these those two categories, and really for for organizations that are are just trying to establish that baseline. So there's a lot of organizations out there that, um, you know, are you know twenty or thirty years. Uh, Worth of investment and in how they how they do knowledge management and the work uh, spaces that they work within that have very um, deep and embedded processes that are multi layered and kind of rooted in just how they do business um, and we we think it's a it's a more difficult value proposition to go in there and try to, to convince one of these organizations that's invested quite a lot that fit that five percent kind of um you know are already operating very well and say hey migrate to us because it's a better platform now where we want to go is those that those organizations that are um trying to get that done right and when you talk to a lot of cso's out there and a lot of cybersecurity leaders or team leads you know you'll hear them talk to you about um you know how they're managing a lot on the back of what we call the kind of the big three, right? Word, PowerPoint, and Excel. Uh, and they're yeah. passing that around through different channels. Uh, they're trying to align these different vendors. You know That leads to a lot of things like uh, waste on technology. So they might buy the technology, but there's not a level of organizational readiness in place where that technology sits on the shelf for the year, ultimately being a, you know wasted cost in, in terms of being able to to activate the subscription and vendors don't like it either because if you're not turning their technology on when it comes time for renewal or expansion um you know they're not they're not being successful with the technology uh and we think that's less on you know the the operator's ability within these organizations a lot of it's on how are we making sure the organization is ready? How are we communicating what good looks like? How are we creating the kind of plan to implementation? And how are we aligning it with business objectives? How are we integrating with existing workspace technologies and making it easier to, to be able to operationalize this type of stuff? So. That's really where we're focused initially out of the gate and where you'll see a lot of our design partners is in that kind of, they fit that criteria, right? They're open to change. They know they want to do things better. They have an opportunity to kind of reset a baseline. When I ask them to tell me the story of their cybersecurity organization and what they're doing today, they they say, we need a better way to tell that story. And we need a better way to tell that story to a large percentage of audiences, whether or not that's down to our internal team, up to the board of directors, or even out to the government, in the face of some of the new regulation, where if you are to have something happen in the organization, and you have to, you know, be audited or report, you know, what what decisions you've made, what's your current cybersecurity posture, how you've got there, and ultimately how you've executed over the last year, and what's changed, um, being able. Uh, being able to do that effectively, I think many feel like they're not prepared for. So, if we can go in at just the enterprise level um, and help folks kind of wrangle that and provide um, provide value there, we think that's a good place to, to start and where we really where we really have focused. Um, and how the platform really addresses that in terms of components of the platform, you know, at the at the core of our platform is this workspace environment, and the workspace environment. I think we've we've really tried to differentiate ourselves quite a bit by building it with security in mind, meaning building it for that cybersecurity audience. So, if you're going to build something for security that ultimately wants security to incentivize how they how they share and collaborate across the organization across their peers, uh, security has to be a first-class citizen. So, we've taken all of our lessons learned from the last several decades and have built that into um, how this platform works from day zero. So things like end-to-end encryption, things like um, redaction and classification of certain content and doing that at, at different um, section and category levels, uh, making the conscious choice to really take an ABAC approach on top of RBAC so you can do even more granular restrictive um, types of controls around the types of information that you're gonna be putting in there and then making it really seamless uh, and understand how information changes over time. So, you know, the right types of provenance and other things. Uh, so you can say, hey, this this maybe started out as a design project on how we're moving down a zero trust route, but over time it's become more sensitive. So how has that changed in terms of sensitivity over time and what does that mean to who we want to access it and how we want to share and how we want to collaborate and giving the full control to the users in order to to give them the ability to manage that. then, of course, beyond that, we have, you know, what you would expect in a standard work workspace type of application, the ability to write and produce documentation, the ability to take conversations like this and move them into the platform and do things like NLP transcription and pull the highlights out that you care about and move them into to how you want to manage the project and outcome and how you want to manage, ultimately, uh, that level of effort and work and use that so everybody can really consume knowledge much faster. Um in fact, 32% of the, the the cybersecurity workforce today, 30% of their time is spent on, on, on really knowledge um, creation uh, and knowledge management. Meaning that they spend their time trying to ask and answer questions, uh, do their job, and provide um, the same answer in multiple different ways. So, if if I'm a security engineer working in, um, you know, my sim, uh, let's just say it's Splunk, uh, and I go and I push the latest. Um, Mitre Attack configuration content package and update how my heavy forwarders are ingesting data. You know, not only not only am I doing that work, I then have to go back and update my documentation. I have to train. I have to create content that allows people to understand how to manage this, how to do incident response, and, and how it affects those playbooks. I have to articulate that to my bosses or to the leadership in terms of what this impacted in terms of risk reduction. And you know, it creates a lot of extra work on top of these operators that are supposed to be spending their time that um, stopping bad guys. So on top of the of the workspace, we've also spent a lot of time really building integrations to try to make that easier. So, how can we allow folks to do their day job and push those content updates, push those configuration updates and packages, but then have those those knowledge assets on the back end stay up to date and in tune? So you can. You can build once, you can update many, you can socialize, and then you can roll those up. So that's kind of the last powerful part of our platform is that these knowledge assets are, are, you can think of them almost as building blocks where they they add on top of each other to tell stories in different ways. So we allow you to capture different metadata tags and different metadata components. So um, you might have dozens of knowledge artifacts that are talking about your data privacy strategy. But then you can roll those up and get broader views in terms of, am I on plan? Have I committed to the things that, uh, that are the things that I committed to at the beginning of the year? Am I above or beyond schedule? Do I have single points of failure in my organization where if they were to leave the organization for whatever reason, um, I would I would lose the institutional knowledge uh, that, that they have on how we've done things as they walk out the door? So providing that visibility, providing the way to manage that, and then tell the stories on not just what is my risk reduction, but what's my spend? Am I on track? What are my plans for next year? What do I need to do to get ready and then getting everybody aligned? You'll find those core to to how we've thought about developing that enterprise side of the application. Um, And right now we are also building the community features that make being able to build those secure and trusted micro networks in and outside of the organization, even just at the vendor level, um, secure, managed in the same way that I kind of described before. So, uh, happy to answer any additional questions, but I'm also happy to give demos to anybody that wants to see how those things uh, work in a bit more detail.
0: Yeah. So as you talk through those different examples of specific, essentially pain points that balance theory is trying to solve or improvements that you're generating through the product, I keep thinking back to confluence and kind of how a lot of organizations are doing it today right and and some of the problems that come along with that where an organization may maintain a whole host of different confluence pages but analysts can't actually digest those pages in a reasonable period of time or it like you said in one of your other examples it takes far too long to actually uh, update those confluence pages on a regular basis um, and so then they become outdated and the organization just kind of falls out of habit of actually referencing those articles, maintaining the articles, and the whole knowledge base becomes somewhat stale. And I'm particularly curious, the last example you mentioned, of uh, sort of the more automated management, it sounded like, of updating pages in response to new configuration changes. I mean, how is balance theory actually going about making that process more lightweight for these analysts or security engineers that are responsible for implementing the changes across the organization?
1: absolutely Um, great question and you know you'll find the way that we're delivering that is really on the back of how we've you know one built um, our api so it's extensible but also how we're really working across the cyber community and identifying um, those technology vendors and those technology solutions that are are widely used and really focusing on making that integration um, as easy as possible so you know some are easier than others uh depending on how mature those organizations are um, so what we're doing is is really providing what's possible to on, on each one. So and we also don't want you to have to have a super complex setup, right? you know, within the application, being able to point to that to that endpoint, you know, insert the API key, understand what's available. So when you're in line creating knowledge or collaborating with your team, you know, you've created a go live session on our platform and everybody's kind of reviewing the latest architecture. Um, people that have different roles and responsibilities, maybe there's an identity engineer, um, a detection and response engineer. Um, and a data privacy engineer all trying to work and, and contribute their thoughts to the zero trust strategy. We want you in that collaboration to not have to go log into multiple interfaces, do screenshots, pull those screenshots back over because we know that those screenshots are about as good as the time they were taken and then they, they fall out of date very quickly. We want to, to make it so when you're creating this knowledge, you can do a command, you can create that integration you can actually make that integration its own standalone artifact. So say that you've pulled some dashboard in that you wanna reference. and that dashboard's referenced in multiple different knowledge articles. So it might be referenced across all of your different strategies because it's a, it's a dashboard that, that tells a different part of the story. Um, we don't want you to have to go in and update every single piece of knowledge where that's been um, updated uh, or where, where that's referenced every time you make an update or change. We want that up to update automatically. So we, we kind of decouple those things, treat them as, a, as their own artifacts. And then when they're inserted, when there is a change, not only is it up to date, Uh, in the artifact itself, but everywhere that it's referenced. So those are a couple of of ways that we're we're trying to to think about making that more seamless. Um, On top of that, we're also, again, since we are a community platform at our heart, uh, making it very easy for those that want to extend it in the future as we move towards more of a GA release. past our invite only period, um, making it easy for the community to really get behind that as well. We found that a lot of the the technologies that we used in our experience that have that community feature from day one end up moving and iterating much faster on what those capabilities look like. So that that's where we want to be in the long term is, you know, both providing balance theory supported API integrations and, and kind of content integrations, um, but then also allowing the community to to build around that as well.
0: Yeah, thinking through some of the organizations that I've worked in the past, that value add right there seems like more than enough to, to justify purchasing, purchasing a new knowledge management platform. The ability to just automate those different uh, knowledge base updates as soon as like a firewall rule change is made rather than requiring that analyst or uh, engineer to go back and, and make that change manually to make sure that uh, you have a, a level of accuracy that's, maintained by automation rather than reliant on users and just that confidence uh, seems like an incredible value add. So let's talk more as we wrap up here about just what's next for you, because currently we're recording this in in early December. Currently, you're still an invite only for the product. So like you said, focusing on that uh, kind of core value proposition internal to the organization, developing more of these capabilities that we talked about here to, to create that value for users within the organization you're looking to open up to just the general public and i think you said mid next year uh, what is the the vision just as you look ahead for the next year year and a half
1: yeah absolutely and yeah, you know, I think we have a direction of where we're going, but um, with startups, right, those directions are always uh, <laughs> hitting the bumpers down the bowling alley as they cruise down to the ultimate def- definition, our destination, right? Um, but kind of where we're, the way we're thinking about it, where we're going. So by the time this airs, I think it will be public and announced, but we just raised our seed financing uh, round um, with, you know, being led by Data Tribe, which is a fantastic um, Partner to us, as well as some participation from Tedco, which is uh, somebody that we've liked loved for a long time because they're local to Maryland. They really believe in continuing to develop the, the Maryland technical ecosystem and expanding Maryland businesses. Um, but where we want, where we're going to be going, is is using that capital and using that partnership to to expand the team um, from a development perspective and continuing to push things like these integrations and features that we referenced and talked about. Uh, into um, that invite only state fast and making sure that's done securely and battle tested, um, so we can continue to provide value to these enterprise, these enterprises and being able to consistently onboard new ones um, every day. Um, and then finding finding reasons for those ones that we're onboarding also to to start to talk to each other, right? Um, I think we can help, you know it's one of the kind of, out of the gate value propositions that we are, we're working to provide is that, you know, we'll have a, a bit of visibility into to organizations that look like each other and are trying to solve the same problems and going down the same routes um, by being able to to build those types of things on the platform. So, you know, I think something that's unique and different from, you know, from like a Confluence or a JIRA or some of the others that we're is. Our ability to allow that secure collaboration when it makes sense. So, how do we unearth these types of folks to each other? Recommend that they talk to each other, and if they do and they find value in, you know, joint acceleration, fantastic. Uh, if they decide not to do that, then they can still do that across their vendor networks, their partner networks, and, and down into the community. Um, so, we're focused on that uh, pretty aggressively over the next, you know, I guess it's December now, so seven months. Um, And beyond that, we're also focusing quite a bit on making this as easy as possible. So uh, we understand that you can build the best technology walkthrough in the world, right? Uh, You know, Every click is giving you a recommendation on what to do next. And we are focused on on making that experience great. But what we also want to focus on is for those CISOs and security practitioners that are already buried, which is the majority, right? Most of them are treading water and always trying to, to do the best with what they have. How do we make the barrier to entry um, and the barrier to realize this type of outcome with operationalizing knowledge and collaborating effectively as easy as possible? So we are also providing, you know, through channel partnerships as well as kind of our own kind of white glove onboarding service, helping them set that strategy, right? How do we come in? How do we... How do we help develop the culture? How do we even just pick one project? Like, what's the next thing on your 2023 roadmap that's going to require this level of coordination across the teams to get a strategy together and then track that strategy through how it's executed and that whole process? Get on the platform and do that seamlessly. So we're also going to be investing in continuing to making our onboarding and ambassador program, you know, much more rich and developed. So. Um, clients again can do what i said with us and and treat us not as a vendor consumer relationship but really as a partner that's invested in the success of their cybersecurity program that's in the chair next to them helping them be successful Um, and the technology is just an accelerator that helps them do that so that's where we're kind of head down focused Um, in parallel you know kind of on the back end we are continuing to communicate this in the community getting individuals and thought leaders pre-registered because Ultimately, what we want to do is provide a a trusted medium for the cybersecurity industry to come together and share ideas and share knowledge. And the more that we can get the, the, the word out there about what that looks like and the more cybersecurity thought leaders that are posting knowledge on LinkedIn or Medium or Substack or trying to share, you know, what they think is the best way to, to go tackle some of these emerging problems. We also want to provide, you know, a complementary home to some of that information. So when somebody it, you know, a, a thought piece on well, here's the 12 required things to really think about related to your zero trust strategy, not only do they have a place where they can see how many people looked at the article, but um, they can also Give them. We can provide a medium where people can take that article and move it into their workspace and operationalize it and take action on it and build those outcomes on the back of the advice that they're giving. So we think that that's a pretty attractive value proposition for a, a lot of the cybersecurity community that's trying to transform from maybe leader to to educator, right, and an advisor. And um, we want to give a home for that. So we're also developing that community on the back end as well. So those are kind of what's in store for us and what's next. Um Yeah, and hopefully that answered the question.
0: Well, Greg, thank you so much for the time. Again, like we talked about, there's such a broad vision in terms of the ways that balance theory can change just the the current mode of operations for collaboration within organization, across organizations. It sounds like your team has a very clear-cut strategy in terms of how to start providing near-term value and then also how to grow that into a, a larger Value proposition for the entire ecosystem and the entire cybersecurity community. So I'll certainly be be following along and and wish you the best of luck. Well,
1: Kyle, we appreciate the time and you know we even beyond this you know the advice and your thoughts you know not just on the conversation today but outside of the conversation uh, you know really being a cheerleader and a fan. So we appreciate all the support uh, and, and everybody you know go pre-register balancetheory.io. So thank you for the time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can write to me at kyle at secureventures.io I'm Kyle McNulty and you've been listening to Secure Ventures.